I think people um, tend to undereat for a long period of time to to try to stabilize their weight or lose weight, and they they bump into the the race stuff and they start eating normally, and because their mm -hmm. metabolic rate is so low, they start just putting on the pounds. Welcome to the Weight Loss for Women podcast, a place where we share everything you need to know about restoring your metabolism so you can eat more, train less, and lose weight in a healthy and sustainable way. I'm Kitty Blintfield, co-founder of New Strength and Saturate, creator of pro-metabolic food supplements and seriously saturated skincare. And today we have our friend Danny Roddy back on the podcast and Craig as well. Everyone hey, knows who Craig is. <laughs> what's happening, bro? It's been a while. <laughs> Danny is rocking an awesome beard. Oh, sure obviously, is. you can't see him, yeah. but uh, comparative yeah. to mine, it's mine just looks like a twelve-year-old boy at the moment. Yeah. Jeez, yeah. Danny's <laughs> got the full lumberjack. So yeah. there's there's that. You're very yoked. So there's there's that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's in his good little studio, dark studio. You got some light this time. Remember last time we did it, and the light just slowly. Well, <laughs> Well, that's actually been a gigantic life change. I got a new solar system. And so oh, like cool. I have a 250 watt light, like that, that was like peak stress because my power kept going out. Oh God. And so I, I was yeah, talking was to you stressful. and my, my lights were turning off. It was horrible. It was, that's been like the last <laughs> like year and a half of my life. Basically it's been really bad. So maybe you just update everyone, like, where are you living now? What's going on? What have you been doing? You know, I think last time we spoke, you were getting ready for Armageddon or something. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> Stop following the O brand. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah like I, I kind of fell into an opportunity to develop land. And so uh, I never really thought this was possible because I never even thought I'd be able to like, uh, like purchase a house or anything. So th this kind of happened really in a, cr a crazy way. But anyways, like, like growing trees have 14 chickens and then I just got two dogs and, and, and so things keep happening. And I, like, I wake up now and I start cooking for animals like uh, immediately. And, and so I have to like a lot time in the morning to cook like dog food and then chickens. And then I feed myself like after that, but, um, it's, it's been really fun and, and I've screwed up a bunch like, um, uh, I, I put like alfalfa that probably had a bunch of pesticides in the chicken coop. And so a few days ago I was like, Oh my God, you idiot. Like, and I had to basically cl clean it all out and it took like the entire day. I get, didn't get to do anything else. And so it, it's, but, but anything you do, I'm sure you guys know this, but anything, anything you guys do, you do in like physical 3d space is so much more rewarding. Like I, I'm a child of the internet. And so yeah. like publishing an article is cool, but uh, doing something with your hands is so much better. And, yeah. and so like raising a chicken or something or curing a sick chicken is about a hundred yeah. billion times better than publishing an article or a podcast or whatever. Yeah. Cool. That's and awesome. you know, obviously Ray passed, which is so sad. Yeah. That, that sucked real bad. It was, um, Keith Littlewood was the, the one that I, I think I read a Instagram message and mm. I, I, I took, I, when he said it, it felt like, yeah, yeah, something d did happen. Mm. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's, I think I've said this in older podcasts, but it's like crazy we had access to him. Like we could yeah. have easily a hundred years from now been like there was this guy, Ray Pete. He, yeah. he might've met this or he might've met that, but who knows? Yeah. And we had like unprecedented access to him to ask him questions. You could email him. Yeah, he was amazing like that. Hey, for yeah, free. Yeah, he so, just respond for free. He never charge you. It's pretty yeah, incredible. Yeah, like, he didn't make any programs or didn't design any protocols or, you know, sell anything. He just, yeah, he was so giving with his time and knowledge. Yeah. True yeah. inspiration. You know, yeah. uh, if a, a world full of Ray Peets would be a 
place worth living, yeah. you know, so. And we thought yeah, we would I just. I don't think that's called an earth, man. I think that's yeah. a, an alien homeland <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> Um, and we, so we thought we'd just do this, we just wanted to catch up with Danny and just, you know, talk a bit more, I'm not exactly, you know, how I would describe this, but, you know, like, well, I guess what Ray Pete was about, it's not a diet. I think, you know, like there's a, we've seen a lot of people posting, oh, you know, I just ate all this sugar and gained all this weight and, you know, it's sort of, well, he, he I don't know, how, how, how would you describe his approach or what he did or. I don't know if I could summarize his entire approach. Like I'm sure he he was thinking about things when he was talking to people, but um, how, how I like translate a lot of this, the stuff he was talking about, how it like fit, fits into my brain, you know, mm. is, is usually like approaching symptoms. Like, and so mm. if somebody is saying, Hey, you know what? I feel amazing. I couldn't feel any better right now. Like th there's no intervention needed, you know, like mm. I wouldn't tell if they were eating McDonald's every day and they said <laughs> they felt amazing. I'd just be like, okay, great. Like fantastic. Good for you. But uh, usually I think like uh, revising nutrition happens when a person has a symptom uh, mm. and they want, they, it, it's reducing their quality of life. And so that's kind of the starting point. And so, and then, then from there, people are very complex and, and some people want to work on nutrition. Some mm. people want to like get right into thyroid or go get lab tests and things. And so like when I talk to people, I just try to facilitate what their interests are. Mm. And um, like, uh, for example, if they met like, and Ray had that quote, uh, you can't know where you're going if you don't know where you are. Mm. And so measuring the pulse rate and underarm temperature upon waking and then again in the afternoon, like that's a great place to start. Uh, mm. So if their temperature is uh, 36 or something up upon waking uh, and it never rises to 37 in the, in the afternoon, like you're, the, the metabolism is probably substantially suppressed. Mm. And so from that point, like acknowledging what's going on and thinking about, oh, the hypothyroidism might be causing my problems. I think it's like, okay, well, what, what could a person do about it at that point? Mm. And that's up to the individual. Like they could try eating more calcium, like if their diet was mm. super high in phosphorus, or they could try eating more carbohydrate, you know? Uh, but like we were talking about before the podcast, like everywhere that you go has kind of different access to these things. And mm. so like you guys probably have access like longins and lychees and like guava and like chirimoyas, like exotic fruits and stuff, but those aren't available everywhere. So it's trying to trying to do the best you can with what you have access to. The food supply is terrible, so it's a lot of work to get good food. Mm. And um, and and again, it's just uh, this constant um, revision process and tr trial and error. And so mm. uh, I kind of made a joke on my Telegram a few days ago about um, kind of the pro metabolic diet moniker just not meaning anything. It does, there's no it, it, it's. I think the idea is increasing the rate of metabolism and there's lots yeah. of different ways to do it and, yeah. it and it can't be just reduced to some diet. It's interesting though, like where do you think people got this idea that it, you know, you see some people comment on posts that you need to drink, you know, or eat so much sugar or it's about like this one specific thing. I probably should take some heat on that. You know, like yeah. I, I think in my early years, I, I probably said some stupid stuff, um, <laughs> but uh, it, it I don't know. I think Ray always tried to be really like clear with what he was talking about. Um, mm. But like, sometimes I had a hard time understanding what he was saying. So yes. I, I think when you're kind of like it, it, as complex and nuanced as Ray, I think a lot of people misinterpret what you're saying. And then mm. also like we were also talking about before, like the, the, the nutrition world is dominated by different diets. And so mm. when, when Ray is saying something different, it's kind of mm. hard to, to meet him because it's like, well, all, all these things are just dietary things, you know? Mm. 
and, and so I think that is confusing too, especially and going from low carb to repeat is a tall order. You know, that's like learning about glycolysis and mitochondrial respiration and hormones. Like that is a lot different than eat what your ancestors ate or like uh, be ancestrally yeah. consistent. Like that, that's much easier elevator pitch than um, uh, we're trying to mimic the metabolism of a five-year-old, a healthy five-year-old. Yeah. Uh, and so, um, but, but I, but I think, I think a lot of people that get here have been through all that stuff, you know, mm -hmm. and so they kind of acknowledge the complexity of health and they've tried a bunch of different diets. And so I'm, I'm sure you can concur, but like I, I talked to a lot of people that have been through like every diet imaginable. And so they're yeah. maybe they're convinced that that's not really the route to go. You know what I like about, and I was, think I was talking to Kate about this is like, I really feel, you know, like obviously the three of us, we all have different diets like what we eat today we're not all eating the same thing but I really feel like for me it just has made me not afraid of food anymore like I was always so scared to eat food and didn't know what to eat and I just felt like everything that was enjoyable I was sort of brainwashed to think that it was unhealthy you know like now I'm eating ice cream and drinking you know lattes with some maple syrup and collagen and you know sourdough crumpets and cheese and pate and Oh, it's just so delicious. You know, like for today for lunch, I'm having beef cheeks with air fried potato chips and I keep the fat from the beef cheeks and cook them in the fat with some fruit. And, oh, it's just heaps of salt. You know, it's just so enjoyable. I ate like pasta a few times a week because it's fine. Like pasta digests well for me. But before I would have never eaten like so much carbs and things, you know, like it's just really given me so much more food freedom, I think. Yeah, yeah, I definitely didn't eat Craig's uh, breakfast, which was, I understand it was a pound of goji berries. Is that right, Craig? Yeah. <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> I, I, just on that, I, I think um, it's, it's, I've always tried to kind of, especially when talking to clients about it, I'm like, like, just understand, like, if, if you can just kind of remove the whole dieting concept of like, your know, keto is donut carbs, there's different diets, we've got these different restrictions. I'm like, just look at food and understand that from a, like a, like a nutrient perspective, if we have an abundance of, you know, a broad spectrum of nutrients, we're, we're generally going to thrive better if we, and if we just keep it to that sort of high level kind of exposure. So we, we understand the role of, you know, vitamin A and we understand the role of, the B vitamins and copper and selenium and whatever. And it's just like, okay, so we know all those things are going to be beneficial, you know, from what Ray talks about in terms of just like improving metabolism and then trying to keeping that as high as possible. All of those things are going to contribute to that. So then just work backwards from there and just go, well, what are all the foods that are going to give me those in the best bioavailable form that I can digest and absorb, right? Mm -hmm. And it becomes pretty apparent to me right? You just go, okay, well, there's liver and then there's oysters and then there's milk. And then there's, you know, there's all these things. And for the most part, most of those things are generally readily available. You kind of mentioned that point when we we're talking off air and, you know, in the Philippines is you can't get like raw milk, you can only get UHT milk and whatever, but it's still a form of milk. And most people can digest UHT pretty well. Yeah. But regardless of where you are, if you just look at foods of what's going to give you all those nutrients in abundance, it's generally a lot of the foods that interestingly enough, the RDA and certain mainstreams are like, oh, I shouldn't eat too much of this and shouldn't eat too much of that. And I'm like, but these are the most nutrient dense foods on the planet that are also really cheap. Like, I'm still not getting this link of why eating those things would be detrimental to your health, given that we all acknowledge that all of the nutrients within them are the things that we need to actually have optimal health. And the vast majority of diseases is because of a nutrient deficiency and a bit furthermore, an energy deficiency issue. So I'm like, well, within that spectrum, you've got a whole bunch of foods 
pick the ones that you would ultimately enjoy to eat and just start there. Like it, it just doesn't even become a, Oh, Ray Peter said, eat lots of sugar. I'm like, you fucking did not say that. Anyone who thinks that is a fucking idiot. And you're literally looking at one grain of sand in this vast fucking desert. And it's just like, just step back and look at those foods and just go, these are going to give me one eat. And it's just like, just measure how much you're eating. I mean, that's probably one of the biggest things that I'm constantly trying to hammer home to people. People go, just start eating all this food with no real responsibility or accountability around how much that you can do. Oh, I put on 30 pounds. I'm like, well, you ate too much. Ah, oh, but the pro metabolic diet said it would do all this. I'm like, you eat too much food, you get fat, like shut the fuck up. It's not rocket science. You all intuitively know this. It's just for some reason you've given yourself permission because all these foods are very enjoyable. They're also very palatable. You eat too much. If you just regulate that a little bit, everything just generally tends to work out. And it's just, I just don't think it needs to be, much more complicated than that and i think the vast majority of issues that people encounter can be improved by simply just going eat good quality spectrum of foods that you enjoy <laughs> that give you these nutrients and just do it for a while right and then after that if things are still whatever it's just like go a little bit deeper but i'm like man you're right you got it you got to start with food i mean everybody has to eat you know yeah. Yeah. um that 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 like people finding out about ray pete eating some of the foods that are talked about and then gaining a bunch of weight. It, it, I, I've been hearing that for like 10 years, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, I, I, and, and I think my, my kind of theory uh, from talking to people and kind of um, being on forums and Facebook groups and things is I, is I, so, so I think we could all agree. Like the hypothesis is that if you're ill, you have a low metabolic rate, you know, <laughs> like a higher proportionally higher stress hormones. And so just because you drink some milk and orange juice does not mean your metabolism is like bouncing back. You, you know what mm -hmm. I mean? So, yes. so, so, so that's, I, I think people, um, tend to under eat for a long period of time to, to try to stabilize their weight or lose weight. And they, they bump into the, the race stuff and they start eating normally. And because mm. their metabolic rate is so low, they start just putting on the pounds. And mm. so, so th this is essentially why I'm, again, I think nutrition is important and I go to great lengths to securing different nutritional things. Um, but I, I'm kind of like not. I actually find myself not talking about nutrition that much in calls I do. And so, for example, if somebody's like suicidal or they have like a hor horrific quality of life issue or something, I don't necessarily, I'm not like, did you eat the carrot that day? <laughs> like, I'm more like, oh, oh, need to do something really fast to improve the quality of life, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, um, but yeah, it's definitely complex. And you as much as anybody know that so sometimes a person just doesn't like a food and they won't eat it, you know, like liver and oysters yeah. are just the famous ones for that. People just won't eat them, you know? Yeah. But it's like, we, we, we always talk about this too. Like I say, like, you know, obviously we made the saturated freeze dried ones. They're obviously not as good as eating fresh liver. Like the, the best thing you could do is kill the cow and eat the liver straight out of the, <laughs> out of the cow. But you know, like you say, sometimes people, they just don't want to do it. So like there's good, best, you know, and better. So I think it's about, like you say, with the milk, obviously if you could get fresh, raw cow's milk, that'd be great. But if you can't get it, it's like, do the best that you can. And, you know, like Emma and I were talking about this yesterday and we've got like over 250 testimonials on our website from the liver capsules. So there are nutrients in there that are doing good shit. So it's like, okay, great. It may not be, you're not doing the very best and being perfect and like, but it's about, like you say, doing the best that you can and what can you be consistent with, you know? Um, and that takes energy to make those changes. And so, so, so it could go completely the reverse, you know, like if a person is so low thyroid, they might, might not be motivated to do absolutely anything, you know? Yeah. So, 
it like even not eating Jack in the box or McDonald's or every day yeah. might be too much energy for like for them. So, so again, I, I think as uh, like, I, I guess what I've learned over and over and over again is you have to be so flexible talking to people and kind of like putting out your message because we're not all different in the sense that we have, we all have the same hormones and, and different adaptive capacity and different stuff happened to us in childhood and in utero and stuff and stuff like that. So we all have like a different response to stress, but um we're all unique in the sense that our our amount of energy that we have to put into these things is is always going to be different. So, and then mm. I'm sure you guys have heard of people that like wouldn't weren't weren't interested in something, and then like six months later were interested in something. So that's just mm. like the normal learning process, you know. Mm. And so, to go too hard on something that somebody doesn't want to do, it's kind of like um, robbing their right to figure it out for themselves. You know, mm. like we we've obviously figured out a lot of stuff over the last X amount of years. And, and so, and I'm sure you guys have had that experience where uh, maybe you heard Ray say something and you're like, not important, definitely not important to me. And then a year or two later, it's like, oh shit, that's like the most important thing ever. You know, um, for example, to like topical vitamins is that, is that way for me. I thought it was not important at all. And then it became like the most important thing, mm. but um, yeah, I'm just, I'm just beating a dead horse of how complex talking to people are. It's very, very uh not difficult, but like an interesting, challenging subject. And it's interesting too, you know, like obviously Craig, you know, you, you work with the coaches and with people and it's like, there's different things will work for different people and they've got to find what works for them. You know, like in terms of, we talk about the foods, like all of our diets look really different and they work differently for us. And there's things that we enjoy more. Cause I think I really think that enjoyment's part of it too. Like you've got to enjoy the food that you're eating. Well, you have yeah, to start yeah. there. You have yeah. to. Uh, that's what I generally believe. You have to start with enjoyment with any process. You just won't do it. Yeah. Like we we don't live in a world like 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 it's so instant gratification now. If you're forced to do something that requires a fundamental change to how you live, but there's there's no real like excitement and enjoyment. Like people just don't do it. <laughs> they, they don't do it. it, it that uh, choking down raw liver. Uh, like the, making ice cubes of it. <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm so against that type of shit. Like I, I, I think I, I basically, I've tried that many times, uh, at least for myself and uh, some people I've talked to, it doesn't digest at all. You know, it, it actually like, irritates the gut pretty badly in my experience. And, and so I think Craig, you're so right. Like you have to enjoy, like if you're forcing something down your throat that you think is disgusting, I don't think you're going to activate your digestive system. Like just like you're not going to secrete any hydrochloric rejecting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And it's just going to go down the intestine, being poorly absorbed, causing irritation. Mm. And so, so you compare that with like making tacos. Like you find some uh, good. Danny, I love tacos yeah. so much. I'm obsessed with them at the moment. Like yeah. I've just been making so much taco shit, haven't I? And soft tortillas. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah it, it, exa exactly. So you I, you get some ground beef. You do a five to one ratio of ground beef to liver. And, yeah. and there you go. Like, and you make it delicious. You, you find yeah. some cheese or something. Pate. I, am, I just love pate. Like my two ways to get in is I either make pate yep. or I make, or have the liver capsules. Cause that's just the two ways. And I'm like, I can be consistent with it, you know, and we've been having pate this week. I've added some, uh, there's this good prosciutto over here. That's just like, you know, um, uh, pork and salt. Like there's nothing else in it. It's just this one good brand. And so I put that in it, butter, thyme, allspice, lots of salt, brandy. It's got to have brandy. I feel like that gives it the added touch, you know, <laughs> and it's just fucking delicious. And so I have it on like this toasted sourdough crumpet with, I have Gouda cheese, the pate, and then I put marmalade on it. 
And it mm. sounds weird. Yeah. But yeah, it's don't awesome. Don't try it. It's 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 awesome. Every day I put heaps like... of salt on there, and I look Christmas for idiot. breakfast every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I get obsessed with certain foods. But like I say, like I enjoy it. So for me, those are the two. Some people just. Oh, it's interesting, actually. Um, one of our coaches, Margie, was just eating lamb's liver because she couldn't get beef liver, it, where she lives. And when when the saturated capsules came out, she started taking them instead of taking eating the lamb. And she said, I actually know because the only thing I changed was that. Just I noticed improvements in my skin, my energy. So I was like, oh, well, that's pretty amazing. Like must be the higher nutrients in the beef liver, even though they're freeze dried, you know, I think it's, but then other people will be like, I just have to eat the fresh liver. Like I only get the best results from the fresh. So I think it's just about, like you say, finding what works for you, what you can do consistently. Yeah. Again, the, 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 again, what, what all of us have eaten over a period of time, it's changed. And <clears throat> as you learn more about your body, I think things are just going to change that that's a, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think that's the point of all this stuff. It's like trying to find out what your body needs at any given time, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I, I know this sounds trite or lame or whatever, but I think it's just uh, like the, the culture is kind of robbing your ability to uh, be autonomous with yourself. And so yes. th th I think Ray's interacting with Ray's stuff is rediscovering you know, yourself, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, becoming more sensitive to your environment and, and so that's just going to take different um, different amount of time for different people and so it's but 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 robbing somebody of their right to do that is probably about the worst thing you could do and, th and that's what ray was so fantastic at just just validating people's thoughts and letting them figure it out for themselves mm. yeah it was one thing i i noticed uh in you know different conversations or interviews that he did like someone would suggest something and he would never ever go no that you shouldn't do that <laughs> or you know that's that's a bad idea or whatever you know he would he was very good at kind of trying to step back and understand the situation and just try and present things in a way that really made you think for yourself mm. you know and I, I think that's what in some ways probably annoyed a lot of people and they're like i just want the answer and i'm like no he's <laughs> he's giving you what you absolutely need because if you're making these decisions based off yourself and how you feel like no one's going to know your body better than you Mm. And that's probably the biggest thing that I always took away from him, that he was just always like pushing back and forcing you to think about you instead mm. of relying on it. And that was something that I, I think I heard you say, like, uh, I think it was when you were doing the interviews for the, on the back of the tiger and you were talking about, you know, one of the biggest things I've learned is like, don't outsource your health. And that's, that stuck with me like way back then. I was just like, you're so fucking right. Like who, who is going to know your body better than you, you know? And, and I get it. There is, for a lot of people, certainly a lot of the women that we work with, there is um, a big and emotional barrier, you know, to mm -hmm. foods and their own, um, I guess, uh, perceptions on how food should go or no, I shouldn't be eating saturated fat or I shouldn't be, you know, like there's just, there's so much ingrained stuff that's usually based off nothing, right? Or because someone aunt Sally, who's 200 pounds told me so, or something like that. You know, it's just, it's really, really, and when you, when you challenge people like that sometimes and just push back, I'm like, well, tell me how many that's going to work because this is, this is how it works. So how do you think you would incorporate that? If you can just get them to start getting over that hump of sort of thinking, they just all of a sudden the, the, the light bulbs kind of come on and then you, you just start to see them fundamentally shift how they're, they're, they're living and starting to do things. And I think, if anyone can get to that point where they start to realize that, you know, it doesn't need to be that complex, mm. but you need to see this as something that you continually just evolve over your entire life. 
that ultimately like no one's got all the answers, mm. but if you just continue to work and just kind of try and think a little bit more critically, it, it just, I think you just naturally start to evolve. And, and when we speak to enough people that have done this for long enough, you'll, you'll hear things like, yeah, that, 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 that's probably a good approach or that's smart. Right. Yeah. You could certainly test that and try it. Like they, they, they don't talk in absolutes anymore. It's just sort of like, have you thought about this? Maybe you could do it this way. Something like well, you, like yourself, Danny, or like Emma or Kate, um, Georgie, you can't always get a straight answer because he goes like <laughs> way, way off. He's awesome, but I'm just like, well, um, but it's just, it's interesting. You, 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 enough people and clients over time, when you have these conversations, you see on the new one, they're like, I tried this, it didn't work. And I sort of felt like this. And then I noticed when I started taking my temperature, so I adjusted it, like there becomes that real autonomous, autonomous behavior there. That's just, it's like, okay, you get it now. This is good. You're asking all the right questions. Would you guys say though, because I think like you obviously people hear us talk about like recommending people include some of these foods in their diet. Like as an example, in our program, like I always say to women, okay, we want you to pick from these food groups so that you're going to get, so like, here's the nutrients that your body needs. Um, these foods contain these nutrients in a good amount in a form that's easy for your body to digest and assimilate. So there, I would say there are certain foods that we would, you know, recommend people include in their diet. And I said to women, like do it 80 to 90% of the time, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you're healthy, like, you know, like us, like we'll go out and have a meal, you know, for dinner, it's probably not ideal, you know, it has pufas in it. I'll have some wine or cocktail, you know, alcohol's not fucking amazing for you, but it's delicious. (laughs) You know, but obviously if I swang so far the other way and I was drinking a bottle of wine every night and eating pufas, like that's obviously not ideal, but, you know, maybe quickly talk about some of the foods, like, you know, eat some fruit, some sort of fruit or juice, because you're going to get some potassium, magnesium and vitamin C, but it's about finding what you can access, you know, what you enjoy, you know, like dairy, like liver and oysters, you know, some saturated fats, you know, talk, maybe talk about some of the foods and why incorporating them in your diet might be beneficial. Let me just comment on something that Craig said. The, um, like like Ray trying to inspire people to find the answers for them themselves. I, I think that's like gets to his really core philosophy. We've talked about it in the podcast a lot, but he he thought uh, somebody named uh, William James he had an idea that was called like radical empiricism, mm-hmm. which I, I don't have a perfect understanding of it, but it means that everything is changing all the time, and, and that like uh, so basically. You you can't you can only have a loose approximation of something because it's changing, and so mm. we're all changing, and every other thing around us is changing, and and it gets into like that field biology where every every field is interacting with another field, and so mm. I think I think that kind of gets to the heart of why you can't be an authoritarian about a subject because how could how could you have certitude about something that's changing all the time? It's always yes. different, mm. and, and so I I think that. If maybe that would help some people getting into it, but um, I, I think that's why Ray hated being put into a box. It's like everybody should eat 80 grams of protein, right? Right? And it's like, uh, I don't think so. Like, I, I think it depended on the person and their circumstances and things. And so, mm. uh, it, it, like in a perfect environment, say our environment was better and like the mm. EMF and the pollution was eliminated in one day or something, you could probably get, or maybe Pufo too or something, we could probably get away with so many different styles of eating like it probably wouldn't be important at all you know but but it's just because our environment sucks so badly yeah yeah that we have to be 
like use our intellect about this and to have discussions about it. Like we're, whereas yeah. normally this would be as simple as going to the bathroom. Like you don't have to really think about it too hard of like, uh, it, it would just be an instinct that is acted on and, and doesn't have to take all this mental effort. Um, but would you say what, like, cause I don't like think it like there are some basic fundamentals like for us, like we're like, we're like, you, you got to get, you know, a certain amount of protein, like your body needs protein. You can't like you, 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 if you don't eat zero protein, that's probably not going to be great. Like we yeah. sort of say to women, like, here's some, you know, there's macro split guides that you work within. And then it's finding what work, like, for example, like I strength train heavy, hard, very active. So I eat a high amount of protein higher than say someone who doesn't. And that works for me. You know, I've just tested it enough. And so I would be at the higher end of the range Whereas someone who like, I'd probably eat more protein than you, Danny, I'd say because I'm sure, I'm sure yeah. you do. Yeah. yeah. But you know, like, again, it's looking at the individual, but like, you know, there are some basic, you know, like b back to the foods about why we would say, you know, why would it be beneficial to add, to eat some liver or some seafood or some dairy or some fruits, you know? But I think before you get there, you have to like, mm. the person has to be talked about. So, so, mm. so it can't, it can't just be talked about in a vacuum. So for mm. example, that, like, so Ray is kind of one of his last revelations, I think was talking about protein. And yeah. I, I really didn't think about it that much when he was alive, but I think about it like all the time now. Yeah. It's like, just like stuck in my brain. And so, and, and somebody that made kind of an impact on me is I've been talking to somebody for years that had really touchy digestion. Yeah. And so we talk on and off. And when Ray was talking about that, he kind of on his own just started eating less protein. Not, not He wasn't trying to get it down to a certain number. He was just yeah. kind of reducing it. Yeah. And uh, because... Like I told this person, I was like, dude, if you want to talk to somebody else, I'd be, I'm not going to be upset. You know, like, I feel like you've exhausted every like thought in my brain. And anyways, he wrote to me and he's like, dude, my digestion has been better than it's ever been in my entire life. And all I did was eat less protein. I was like, mm -hmm. wouldn't have thought of it. You know? yeah. And, yeah. and so, so again, it's, uh, I hate, I hate to use that context word, but I think that, I think that really is important. And mm -hmm. I, I, it's almost like, Ray's last gift to me was like really being uncertain about any, any kind of like um, factoid about suggesting of what people do or don't do. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I think fruits and dairy and all those things are good yeah. foods, but yeah. like uh, uh, for a certain person, I, I really have no clue anymore. And, and so yeah. it, it probably just depends on the person and their appetite. And yeah, and um, I think that's the, that's the beauty of testing it, measuring it, seeing what happens. But, like, but well, you know, I was saying earlier, like understanding like the role of nutrients like vitamin A and, and copper and well, obviously we need those. So it's just like we, we know at a fundamental level that we need those. So it's sort of like it, it does kind of answer the question around what foods you, you could start with, but what those yeah. foods are, like what works for some doesn't work for others. What works for me may not work for you. But somewhere in there, in the middle, like the answer is generally in the middle somewhere. It's not the, the extreme end. Somewhere in the middle there, there's going to, it's going to tick that enjoyment factor. There's going to mm. tick the factor of like, it digests fairly well for you. And then, you know, like post meal, you're not getting any weird symptoms like sneezing or puffy eyes, like any like histamine issues or stuff. So it's also like, well, if you tick in those boxes, well, like, well yeah, but that's, 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 you could probably put that in a box as a safe one that you could eat pretty regularly. So it's yeah. just like, you just start there. And I, I've, I've spoken to a lot of clients about building up your own like food database, like just having this map of going, okay, I've got these foods that I know that I can eat every day and I feel really good on. And that's going to be a certain mm -hmm. amount of different proteins, carbs, and fats. And then there's ones that are the absolute trigger foods where I know I even need to just look at them and I start mm -hmm. getting weird symptoms. So we're like, okay, we push them to the side. And then there's these ones in the middle that I sort of 
refer to as like tolerance-based foods where you eat them on occasion, it's fine. But if you started incorporating them every day, you would eventually get this weird sort of build up issues and sort of things. But I'm like, what those three categories are for each person is so wildly different. Mm. And it's just like that part, that building up that database just takes time. And that's just where that whole test and measure comes in and just goes, look, just try and stick to this for like a week. Mm it's going to give you some pretty good answers if you can be consistent with it. And then you're just like, right, I can eat that. I can't eat that. And just over time, you're going to have a really good, but I think ultimately once you establish that, I think the goal should be to become available to kind of potentially eat a greater range of foods as you start to heal. But like I've, I had a client recently like, Oh, I really want to be able to eat this. I still can't eat this, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, look, I, I'm, I'm probably not the person to understand the mechanisms of why you can't eat it. All we know is when you do, you get this reaction. So now you have the option to choose whether you eat it or not. <laughs> if you eat it, okay, cool. Just live with the issue that you get post it, you know, whatever it is, or you just don't eat it. And you don't have the issue, uh, you know, and it's like, I think I just, I, I really feel like people trying to overcomplicate uh, you can see I get on a bit of a fucking rant with this sort of shit because I deal with it every day. But it, so, the, so take, yeah. so take so that ahead. person that you're talking about, though, like that they can't eat the food. If they're horribly constipated, that, that would provide like a mechanism for kind of their intolerance to the food. And so, mm -hmm. so therefore, like the, the, the foods aren't necessarily the problem per se. They're, they're probably constantly reacting to what they ate two or three days ago. You know yeah. what I mean? And, and so, so in that situation, it's like, you you could lay out on paper some like a really nutritious diet, but if their digestion digestion doesn't function at all, it's just like mm -hmm. okay, well this is not gonna really that's no, not gonna really go too many places, you know. Yeah, I I think with certain like well, I would say like foods like there's like you got your food groups and then foods and then variations of the foods like dairy you've got milk and cheese and whatever. Um, I think in sometimes like. You know, milk is or dairy is a very particular issue. Like people are, oh, dairy causes all these issues. I'm like, no, 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 no. When you consume, you as the individual consume dairy, it's just exposing that you have an issue. It's not dairy in itself. So it's not blaming that, but it does, it should give you some insight to kind of go, okay, I'm clearly not making enough of the lactase enzyme to break this down. Why might that be? And it's like, yeah. I, I, I'm 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 very with you on that. Like uh, try, trying to investigate things um, as a possible window into what's happening. For example, I like I had chronic diarrhea whenever I'd introduce milk, and I could have easily been like, you know what, Ray is wrong about milk. Nobody should ever drink it. You yes. know, <laughs> you know, like it would have been really easy for me to do that. But because I I thought I was so ill, I was like, uh, and I could drink milk when I was a kid. I was like, I I think there's something happening in my intestine, and I actually I. One of the first Ray interviews I ever listened to, he said like chronic intestinal damage could cause the loss of the lactase enzyme, and I was like, mm -hmm. oh, that makes makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, but that, that that's a very ma mature approach is like tr like trying to understand why you don't to tolerate foods and stuff. It's much easier just to not yeah. eat them at all. But um, yeah. it, I, I mean, you have to arrive there though if you're if you're trying to improve your health, you have to ask the tough questions sometimes. And I've yeah. seen people hey, like you've seen heaps in our program. They'll come in. They'll they obviously. They'll maybe reduce the dairy or remove it initially and start, you know, eating some more broths and easily digestible foods and they work on their metabolic health. And as things improve, they can, you know, gradually introduce different types of dairy. And it might, some people even find them like, I just do well on ch cheese and on a yogurt, or they might go, there's this specific milk 
that's good and I can digest it. And they just stick with those ones, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah just, just, just to add on that key, what I said before about like understanding when I said the understanding the mechanism of why something's causing it, just to clarify that a little bit more, like when it's, why is it that someone can consume milk, but they can't uh, consume a certain cheese? They're both dairy products. And it's just like, well, maybe it's the way they're made. Maybe it's, other, I don't know that, but mm-hmm. at the end of the day, we consume dairy because we want, you know, bioavailable calcium and, and obviously what it is. So it's just like find an alternative within that food group that you can tolerate. So that's generally like trying to understand why that particular fucking Parmesan cheese, that brown, I'm like, fuck if I know, man, who cares? Just don't eat it. You know, like find a different one. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I, I, I feel you that there was a guava juice in Thailand and uh, it was real cheap. And I looked on the side and it was like, showed the farm that it was from. And it was real hippie guava juice. And every single time I drank it, it gave me like explosive diarrhea. And I was like, I don't care what it says it's in it. Something is wrong with this juice and I'm not going to buy it anymore. You know, like it, 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 but it looked perfect. It looked like super organic hippie. And I don't know what was wrong with it. Like they spiked it with citric acid or carrageenan or something. Yeah. 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 It's funny, isn't it? Like Craig, you know, like you seem to have, I can tolerate more like grains. Like I can have a bit more pasta wraps and stuff than you. Like you've got this threshold where you eat too much of it. You're like, then you're like, nah, tips you over the edge. Yeah, definitely. It's very tolerance based thing for me. Like one off, and I'm like, oh, I really enjoy this. Maybe I'll put. And it's it's a lesson you never learn. <laughs> the first ten times, you're like, oh, maybe I'm doing okay with this, and then bang, after a couple of days, you're just like, oh boy, I'm not feeling good. Huge bloating, and then you're just like diarrhea and stuff. You're like, okay, cut that out. Don't get it anymore. I'm like, well, there's yeah. the answer to but the you, question. If you have it less, like, but less frequently, it's fine. Yes. You're fine. Yes. It's just you have it every yeah. single day. Yep. It's not good. Yeah. You know? But that's why it's so important to, I, I feel, for people to try and build their database of foods that does that to them. 100%. It just makes life easier because <laughs> you can make, you have the power to make the decision to choose whether you want to eat that or because you know what the outcome is going to be. Mm-hmm. Nothing worse than people like uh, constantly changing their food choices every single day, having massive digestive issues or histamine issues and going, what's causing it? I'm like, I don't fucking know. You're eating like 50 different foods over the last couple of days. It could be. I think too, like what Danny said, like our lives are so stressful. Like I even noticed that with myself, like, you know, Craig, like if you haven't got anything stressful on one, like last night, cause we've been real busy this week. I just woke up at 1am, like thinking about work shit. Mm. I'd eaten the same amount of food. I always eat every fucking day. I didn't train yesterday. I still woke up at one because I was stressed about like thinking about work. So it's like, you know, our, like our lives are very stressful. You can obviously build your tolerance to stress and you should be able to cope with stress. Like you can't live yeah, in a fucking bubble, yeah. but we push ourselves, I think. And, you know, I think you just got to know your own. Like I know myself, I'm like, Hey, you got to just take a bit of time out, you know, just go do something a bit fun or like get off the computer and get off your phone and you know, go connect with some friends. Yeah. One of my questions to Ray on the podcast, I was like, Ray, just to confirm, we're all just surviving. Nobody's thriving, right? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, yeah. Like, like, I mean, I say this all the time, but like we're being irradiated by cell phone towers having this conversation. And, mm-hmm. and so stress, like Hans Selye said, the only people that didn't have stress were dead, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I know you're talking about more like acute level stress that you you feel, but I mean, nobody's, I mean, the, the situation is about as bad as it possibly can. If, if you even pay attention to the culture, it's going to have a powerful stress effect on you, you know? Mm. And so um, I, I think that's, that takes some time, I think, to acknowledge how, how bad it is. 
and but it, it yeah it's bad <laughs> it's really bad and, and so i i again that's why i'm so partial to this whole st stress theory of aging and energy and disease and stuff i think it's the only thing that makes any sense mm. and um but again, I like what we talked about earlier. I think half of it, half of the things pe people talk about, or maybe seventy-five percent, wouldn't matter at all if the environment was better. And maybe we yeah. could just eat some chiramoyas together and not have it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you're right. We just like even us, like you know, up at five on calls at the computer at seven all day, working or training hard. Like that's a lot of. But we choose to do that. Like we choose that. You know, like I really enjoy, I like our life and I love our businesses and I love training hard and I love, but it's like got to be real disciplined with the food and eating enough and recovery and stuff. Cause otherwise you just fall off the edge, you know, yeah. but, but I'm sure there's lots of things in your life that you didn't necessarily choose, you know, like I, I'm, I'm, when I talk about stress, I'm also talking about like the, the totality of the person's entire life, you know, like mm. what happened to them in their childhood. Oh, true, true. Yeah. Lots of like trauma. In, in yeah. School, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And so uh, I, I think that all contributes to what type of um, health problems a person is experiencing. Mm. And so, uh, like Han Sully also said, every stress leaves a scar. Um, mm. And so it, it's kind of like your health problem is like a death by a thousand cuts over a long yeah, period yeah, yeah. of time. Yeah, it didn't, you, know? you didn't take, you know, one year to get here. It's years and years and years exactly. and years. Yeah. 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 You know so what? I can, I, oh. I can back that up for a second. Like there's a paper, uh, I think it's in Japan, and they say this is like in the 1960s. You know, I'm, the details on this, uh, I, people are probably going to look up this paper. I, I need to go. I need to. I'm like kind of paraphrasing. Anyways, the kids at three years old, I think that, I think it's in the 60s. So people are significantly healthier. Uh, the the Japanese kids at three years old had most of them had atherosclerotic plaque in their arteries at three years old. Okay, and then when they measured them at 20, like everybody had it. Okay, so so it's an idea of like how early the health problems are manifesting. Like, so when a twenty-one-year-old thinks like, "Oh man, I, I have a health problem now," it's been ha it could could have been ostensibly happening since they were three years old, you know, or mm. even earlier than that. And so, so anyway, anyways, Craig, go ahead. Sorry, that's really interesting. I've completely lost what I was going to say. Like, that's crazy. I need to have a look at that. <laughs> I need to find it. I'm probably butchering all the details. <laughs> That's interesting that they were measuring that back in the sixties though. Yeah, I mean, I really hope I'm not kidding. I I <laughs> I'm pretty sure those are the you would like, email, I saved so it specifically because it was an example of how early health problems manifest. Yeah. And also it was it was a while ago when the situation was better. And so again, that that is probably in orders of magnitude worse these days, you know. And and our, our culture reflects it. Where it's it, it's it's going uh I mean the stuff is going to hell in a handbasket, you know? So it's, um, yeah. and, and I mean, how many sane people not taking SSRIs are there? Not, not very many. Oh, I know. Yeah. It's just, I mean, doctors give them out like fucking Skittles. <laughs> days, you know, it's just, it's just a way, but I mean, this is, this is the other thing. I mean, coming back to that point we we're making earlier about, you know, like don't outsource your health. Like it, it's in your very best interest to just understand some of this stuff at a basic level. And I, I totally get it. Like you can, um, you know, especially if you, <laughs> if you try to, uh, start reading like all the Ray Pete's newsletters and stuff, like it, it's just, it, it's, it's very hard to, to, to wrap your head around. Like I'll be the first to admit, I'm certainly not the smartest person when it comes to all that, but it's just like, you're talking to, we'll be lucky enough to, you know, spend enough time with you over the years and like Kate and Emma and Georgie, like all of these people, uh, that 
you certainly from my perspective have a, have a great understanding of all this you know like there's that success still leaves clues kind of perspective where it's like there are some things like in your journey that you've done to see significant improvements and like Georgie's spoken about that Kate's spoken about that during hers and it's just like you see these similar sort of things and it's just like if you can go out of your way to just spend some time learning some of these fundamentals and try and fundamentally change how you're living. Like you said, like it's never, we, we don't live in a perfect world. And and for the most part, it, it's only probably going to get worse, you know, and I certainly don't want to scare anyone by saying that, but that's just the reality. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, it's in your best interest to do what you can with some of the basics consistently as possible. And it's going to definitely going to mitigate that stress to the point because you've got no real other option. You either want to, or you get yourself fucked up <laughs> sooner rather than later. I think. Yeah. So. Yeah. Nobody cares more about your health than you do. You know, yeah. Um, yeah. there's a quote I love. It's by Buckminster Fuller. And it's uh, he, he says, I'm not a genius. I'm just a tremendous bundle of experience. And so I think, I think that's always like the keys of the kingdom is yes. trying stuff. Like, and so if, if you hear about the Ray Peak carrot salad and you're like, my digestion could use some work. Uh, I'm going to try this carrot salad. And then it improves something like uh, some subjective or objective fa like health measure uh, metric or whatever. And, yeah. and then you just learn something about yourself that you didn't know before. And it was just through an experiment you did. And so you do that a hundred thousand yeah. times and you, you become a significantly better version of yourself, I think. Yeah, 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 absolutely. Do you, do you think, I mean, apart from outside of say like, uh, like food and then obviously if you've done that for a while, like using like thyroid to help support that along, is there anything outside of within your journey that you've kind of gone, fuck, that's quite revolutionary that I didn't know. Like, is there, a, is there been anything like that, that you've gone, fuck, or maybe something recently that you've thought about for 10 years and gone, Oh, that's just clicked. <laughs> uh a few, a few things uh, like the easiest would be that topical vitamins thing. Like I, I'm like a huge proponent of that. Mm. Uh, and so I, I, especially like we're kind of like brothers in having backgrounds of inflammatory digestion, you know? Yes. And, and I, I think people that have that kind of know how bad things can get, you know, like yeah. when you're running to the toilet 20 times per day. Yeah. But um, I, I just think uh, digestion wise, like when a person's using those things, it, you, again, if they want to, like yeah. when they use them on their skin, it, it just, it kind of takes this variable out of the equation. Yeah. Um, but dude, I, I joke sometimes I, cause I, I was, I was telling you guys, I, I got a new solar system that I paid like 20 grand to get a new solar oh, system. Shit. So I, so I could what? run a 250 watt, 50 watt light, like <laughs> behind me. <laughs> so like, I, I really do think light is important. Um, and the other thing is, uh, again, uh, oh, you know, what? not getting stuck in the health world. If, if that's like, I, I think it's a huge mistake to have health become your hobby because it's such a toxic, schizo, weird, mm. bizarre scene. And, yeah. and if, if, if a person's likely to expose themselves uh, or get worse, I think by interacting with all these like health communities online, and so I, I would probably suggest like taking what you need or something and trying to get out or, or, or using nutrition to do what you want to do. Because um, I, I think, I, I, again, I think the health world is like the sickest thing I've ever seen. And so it's I, interacting with it chronically is bad for anybody's health. I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just your, your stress levels listening to it. Like, but it, it's not even that 
if people were having reasonable discussions about stuff in a very civilized manner, it would be very beneficial. But that's absolutely not the case. <laughs> because of the internet. Like, yeah. it would be if everybody was in front of each other, I think it would probably be okay. It's just, there's something about internet communication that always leads to some level of toxicity. It's not, it's not even, it's really about almost anything. But yeah. it's, uh, again, just the health world is the one I have the most contact with. But it is, um, like, on Twitter or something, you see two people having, like, a normal conversation. And then some, like, schizo interjects with something insane, you know? And you don't even know if it's, like, a bot or something, which it very well could be. And mm-hmm. so it's, like, exposing yourself to that over and over every day, every day is just going to have a grading effect. And so, um, again, I know it's, like, desire for community and stuff like that, but you're just not going to find it on the Internet. Like, go, you got to find people in real life or, or, or something. It's, like... You're yeah. not going to find the camaraderie on the internet like 99.9% of the time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Human connection, being able to touch. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird thing. There's so many like memes of that now. It's just like kids in the eighties, you know, riding their bikes <laughs> around and it's like kids now and they're like in front of an iPad with like the fucking blue light blasting them in the face. Yeah. And it's just like, well, it's... You, you ha- for good health, you have to have hold a chicken in your hand. That's like a prerequisite. I think. <laughs> yeah. I think there's a lot, like there is lots of good things to, you know, like I think about Instagram, it's allowed us to grow our business and connect with so many more women, but it's like, it's like the, the balance. I don't know. I don't know. Like, I think, I am grateful for but then I at times get sucked in too much into like being on Instagram, like fuck you, you gotta stop, like get off here. Go and put the phone away, go and have a nice bath, yeah, go go see your friends on the weekend, actually connect with, you know. So I think it's yeah, it's good, but like you say, you just have to watch, I think. Like not watch not watch yourself, but but you know, are you spending too much fucking time on Instagram and Facebook yeah. and not actually connecting with real people? <laughs> Not that it's not real people, but you know what I mean. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah. Again, you you know specifically, you know, like how much unwanted feedback do you get about things? <laughs> like, yeah. it's just I, I think over that has such a bad effect over time, you know. And so yeah. I, I just uh, again, I think we're all privy to this on purpose. I think they they the, the, this stuff is probably well known that it dramatically reduces a person's quality of life, like interacting <laughs> on the internet. And so it also, you know, I, I've had, um, I, I talked to lots of people these days and they're, they're in the, in the past, there have been emails back and forth with people that I was like, th- like that were semi, not hostile, but like semi um, hard. Like I, I, I thought it was like irritating the person. And, um, and then when I, I, I the, the appointment for the call would be coming up, I'd be a little bit nervous because we didn't have like the greatest email communication. And then we, I'd start talking to them. It'd be like just completely normal. So like, <laughs> no, like miscommunication could even happen like on the yeah. Zoom or the Skype or whatever, but it was just so much interpretation yeah. in, in writing. Messaging. Yeah. And yeah. emailing. Yeah, totally. And, and so, so that's magnified on like a forum or an Instagram post because it's public and there's some like performative aspect of comments yeah. these days. Like everybody wants to, or a lot of people want to get like their comments liked or, or whatever. And so, yeah. so that, that's what just leads to this kind of phony types of type of communication. And, um. I think too, sometimes people that not all people, but like, you know, if we've dealt with people in the past, they write this fucking shit in messages and they're so aggressive. (laughs) And so like, but then you get on a call with them and you're like, they're just, it's like, it's like the keyboard warriors, you know, and you think, how can you treat people like that and say those things? But then when you actually speak to them in person, they don't speak to you like that. 
hundred percent. Again, there's just some toxic element of, of internet communication that doesn't really happen when you, when you talk to the person. And so whether that's learned or some, uh, uh, venting mechanism or something, I mean, I, I, dude, I used to be a maniac on the internet too, you know, like, uh, I, I, I take everything personal. Like I, if I read a comment or something, it ruined my day, but now I'm just really good at not reading anything. Mm. yeah you, you sort of have to because it. <laughs> we're the same too you know like in vic our ops manager always says she's like you've definitely gotten better kitty at like just not you just don't comment don't interact with them because there's no point and she's right because just sucks your energy and like there's no point <laughs> email is a little bit I, I know i just was complaining about email but like one-on-one communication versus like a forum or instagram yeah. post t- it tends to be better yeah but um yeah, again, just another part of our uh, quality of life that has been like robbed from us of uh, all communicating on the internet and and not in um, face to face and things like that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Well, at giving out the the black pill. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what's I guess to finish up then, Danny? What's on the future plans? So you got anything? What are you doing? It's just raising the chickens and you know doing yeah, some cows and goats yeah. next. Yeah, that, that is that is on the the horizons. Um, the main thing is I need to get this property gated as soon as mm. possible, and so that that's like on the immediate horizon. And um, so this is in Mexico, uh, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah you're about in four Mexico, hours away from Mexico City, and oh, four um, hours away. So it's not. Are you living there? Yeah, yeah. I've been yeah. here the whole all. Oh, of okay, 20, yeah. Late yeah. 20, 2021, Yeah, yeah. Just, just uh, like I, I am thinking, everything in my brain. I'm not really. I, I sometimes joke, and I'm kind of being serious. I'm a retired nutrition person, and now I'm more of a doomsday bunker person. Yeah. <laughs> that's my or a chicken farmer. We, we actually like joke about that. Actually, perfect. when we talked to you, I was telling Emma, I was like, "Oh, yeah, last time was Danny. Danny. <laughs> you know, he's like yeah. bunkering down, and he's you know stockpiling the wheat bran and whatever yeah. you're doing." <laughs> so, so that's really where my mind is at. Um, so I, I think about like food security. Uh, and, uh, and also I, 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 I do think those have survival utility and stuff, but I really like it, the chickens. Like I'm obsessed. <laughs> like I, it, it is, it has brought some meaning to my life that was absent for 37 years, you know? Well, I love it. And, um, yeah. and so I, I get a kick out of like every aspect about them. Like I'm talking to the strong sisters, like, uh, in a- April, I think yeah, this yeah, is going to yeah. be like H 100% chicken. You could talk. Podcast. Yeah. Cause obviously they're all over it. You know, they're all over the farming, farming. Yeah. yeah, they're just the funniest animals. Like I get, yeah. I get such a kick out of them, and um, so, but 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 that's like in this kind of, uh, it's easy to be kind of sad right now. I think, mm-hmm. and, and so you have to extract joy from these the things that you find entertaining or stimulating, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. I, so again, I think I think the future is going to be bad, but I'm not like d- depressed, sobbing about it every day. I'm still doing the things I enjoy, so I'm just trying to be realistic, ex- have expectations about what to expect in the future. Yeah, the yeah. simple things. It's funny. We talk about that. Hey, and I'm like, oh, you know, what do I really like doing? I like, you know, get up in the morning and eating my breakfast. I love walking the dogs on the beach and going swimming on, with Craig, like going down to the beach. We live so close to it. I love going out to eat. <laughs> I like training. I like seeing my friends. You know, we're catching up with some friends on the weekend, two sets of friends. And I'm like, oh, it's just such simple things. I love coffee. <laughs> you know, I love going out to a cafe and having a really nice coffee. You have a coffee with a chicken, it'll change your life. Yeah. I do love <laughs> eggs, actually, with cheese, with parmesan cheese. Got to have parmesan cheese, I reckon, eggs. I don't know why. Sort of. And I salt, guess. obviously, too. Yeah. yeah. Simple, simple things. Yeah. Have you got any uh, names for your chickens? 
You know what? I have a bunch of I actually got chickens in um like August, but uh they kept getting killed by dogs. So oh, nice. we, we've we've remedied that by putting up like a gigantic cage, but that took a long time to get. Yeah. And so I, I would I would raise chickens to like 15 weeks. So 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 again, I'm not I'm not throwing them chicken feed. I'm like cooking meals for them. And so like I I have I'd cook um meals for these five chickens or whatever for 15 <laughs> weeks and then dogs would come and eat them. Oh god. And and I was like distraught P- PTSD about like <laughs> going out to the chicken coop seeing all of them like filleted. Oh uh, god. And, and so it was uh real bad, but now now it's much better cuz I've put like every ounce of myself into um like protection for them mm. basically like spending mm. a lot of money on it. But mm. um and obviously these dogs that you've got now are you know, they know that these chickens are not for eating, and that they're yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't introduce them. They're, they see each other through a gate, but I'm not gonna. It, it would probably be smart if I put them on a leash and like let them in, but I don't even. I'm not even trying to see what happens. But th- these were kind of dumb dogs around the area that just like yeah, wander onto the property crazy. and start like yeah. fucking stuff up. So it's like, hmm. uh, I, I was so irritated by beyond belief by it. So hmm. this is another reason I need a gate around the property to kind of protect them. Yeah, totally. Not that your listeners care. <laughs> the first world problem but it's a problem yeah. Yeah. <laughs> fucking up it's your little funny. homestead you got going on there. You sort that shit out yeah. yeah i get it i get it oh well thanks for coming on again danny it's always good to have a to have a catch up and um total pleasure i'm sure we'll catch up again soon when was the last one six months oh god the time just goes so quick i feel like it feels I like yeah like that would be six ago, months i reckon long. yeah 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 probably maybe longer Maybe, maybe. Anyway, well, let's not leave it so long between catch-ups, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. And we'll, uh, we'll see you again next time. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man.